We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat beat, heat beat, heat beat. With Giancarlo Navas and Brian Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. We back. Brian has finished school. He's finished finals. He's a free person again. How does it feel? What a time to be alive. Time to be alive. We have <laughs> Mr. Jack Alfonso. How are What's you, up? Did you finish finals too? I have not. One more week. You're still a slave. Nikai's Duncan. How are you, What's going sir? on? Did you finish with finals? I just took my last one today. So. Yes, that's what's up. And we have a special guest, Mr. Justin Rowan or Rowan. How the hell do you say your last name, man? Rowan. Rowan. And I, I have not completed any finals this year, although I'm still getting like nom nom like flashbacks from my college <laughs> days. So it's not I'd, fun. I'd prefer I'd prefer if we don't dwell on that for too much longer. Final free podcast. Let's go. No, no mention. They no see me rolling. So don't please don't ever oh, do that. No, no don't oh, do that again. God. Please don't. No, please no, no, please stop. That was like Adjust something I would say. Yeah, it's for real. That's like one of Nikaias' you know, awfully great puns. Justin, I thought your at was Cavs Nada, and Jack informed me that it's Cavs Nada, like Canada, no, like Cavs Nada, right? Yeah. Cavs yeah. It honestly, it looks so much better in writing than it is practical to say, and I hate it every time that I I, I go on to a podcast or, or do a radio hit or anything like that. Where I I, I pronounce it Cavs Canada um, because it's it's just Canada, but I slap the Cavs in there instead of just the normal C. Um, I, I I had a Twitter poll uh, way back in the day, just hey, what should my new app be? And, and that was the one that that worked. The hell was it before? Uh, it was like Canada? just J. It was like J. Rowan eleven or something like that. Like my high school basketball number or something like that. It just needed to move on from that, and, and now I, I feel like I can't change it. Justin, where can the people find you? Like, th- tell us, tell us who you are and where they can find you, so they just don't think it's a stranger uh, named Justin on the show. Man, I, I am awful. So if, if you really want to look me up, you can. <laughs> <laughs> my Twitter handle's already been brought up. Uh, you can find my writing at fearthesore.com. I also write uh, for Hoops Habit, where I do all my non-Cavs writing for the most part. Um, I also am involved with uh, Press Basketball. It's a, uh, a new site that we started up this year. Um, we're not strictly Canadian, but a lot of our founders kind of are Canadian, uh, doing a new thing there. Right now, I'm just doing weekly power rankings for them, but uh, there are plans for a podcast to eventually come to fruition there. Um, so I'll, I'll be hosting one of those soon again. Scoop. Uh, but yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter if you want just kind of general commentary, little tro- trash <laughs> tweets. 
Tra- trash tweets, trash talking, uh, all that good stuff. But if, if you want my serious opinions with as much effort as I can to remove bias, then you can check out my uh, my writing. I love when you and um, when Sam from uh, from Warriors World get into it. It's like the best. <laughs> and the best part is we do like DM each other throughout any arguments, and it's like <laughs> it's so much more level headed. But it be- just becomes theater at some point. Jack At least the like, public conversation. Jack, I think your tweets are the only ones that are almost as trash as Justin's. I, would I don't like being put in that category. <laughs> that's, that's where you are, man. That's where we yeah, are. I guess that's, so. Somewhere in my life, I took a turn where that's, that's what I'm known that, for. It was when you posted trash, I, I, trash. And... I really understand that, how you wouldn't want to be in that category. It's, it's kind of like Andrew Wiggins getting labeled with next LeBron, and, and it's just... You don't live up to it. I'm glad that you brought up Wiggins. Goran <laughs> for Wiggins. Who says no? Nagaias. <laughs> who says no? Um, I probably say no. Why? I don't know. Like, I don't he's know. So I feel fun. Like... He just dunked. I just saw the highlight. I don't care if he's inefficient. Who cares? He's fun. Let's go. He is fun. I'm. I don't even know. Want to talk about Wiggins this week? After well, why what not? Which is the other day. What, wait, what happened? My mentions exploded over uh, Justice slash Wiggins' opinion. It just wait, what, what, what was the opinion? Um, some guy mentioned me. He's one of my regular mentioners, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> but anyway, he asked me um if we could trade for Wiggins or whatever and throw in Justice and he said Justice, Josh, and a pick and whatever else was needed. And I was just like, no, let's not do that. And from there, it just kind of snowballed into. Justice versus Wiggins, somehow. Wait. What's your take? Come on, let's go. I mean, Wiggins is better, but I wouldn't flip Justice and Josh for him. Gasp! Jack, did you hear that? I mean, Bless if we're me. being reasonable and I'm not putting on my, like, troll hat right now. I don't want your reasonability. Okay, if you right. want my unreasonable opinion, Justice is the best player to ever <laughs> race the basketball court. If you want my serious opinion, I think Wiggins is better. Whoa. But I don't know if he's better enough to move on from Justice and Jay Rich for Wiggins. That's my take. I kind of, I think, and I know we've talked about this, what Spolster could do with such a versatile, like, defender. I mean, I know he hasn't been good on defense as a pro, but. He mm-hmm. has the ability. Like, it's there. And Spolster's such a good defensive coach. I see, just looked at see, James Johnson's numbers. It's though. interesting to me because, like, there, there's aspects of Wiggins' game that obviously are kind of cause for concern. Like, outside of scoring, which he does at a pretty good rate, he doesn't really contribute a whole lot more. He does play good individual defense, and you see that. But the focus just isn't there with team defense. And that's common with young players. And I think if there was one part of his game that you could anticipate improving throughout his career is his defense, like his overall impact as a defender. Because it, like, I think that's a more sound bet than betting on his uh, handle to improve, his outside shooting to consistently improve. Um, I, I just think he's going to develop into at least a reliable score that plays defense. Players like Winslow, though, they are very rare that they make a legitimate defensive impact at that young of an age. I, I think Wiggins has kind of that higher upside, but I do understand trepidation, especially when you do pair those two together. I, I think Miami's kind of building from scratch here, and, and that's why I'd be inclined to say that they should make that swap if it's available, but I really don't see the incentive for either team. I, I think a lot of kind of what Miami has going for them is built around Winslow and, and, and selling uh, the fans on Winslow, and he might not be your, your number one guy, but that's a really good building block to have, especially when you do pair him with Richardson. I know Riley's been so high on him, and, and but I don't know. he's Riley's always been the kind of guy who will throw away the young piece for more of a win now uh, jack mm-hmm. I, know, I know that you you're a big winslow fan like that that kind of runs contrary to what you want i mean to be fair they're both the young piece like 
Yeah. Wiggins is about to be 22. Winslow is going to be 21 this year. Well, Winslow's more of an unknown. Like like how we I, were saying before, he's the magic box. But he's he's probably more of a win now player though. Like I would agree with that. Yeah. If you're not make I understand Wiggins brings the scoring, but the Wolves are still better when he's off the court. When your your total net defensive impact is that bad and, and your offensive game is good, but it's inconsistent where you do have stretches of three, four games where all of a sudden you're scoring 20 or shooting 20% from the floor. I think if you have a reliable defender... Even if Winslow isn't bringing that scoring punch, you at least consistently know what you're getting from him night in, night out. If he has a great offensive game, that's nice. But at least you're not relying on an inconsistent offensive player and you can get that production from other areas. You can get that from Dragic. You can get that from Whiteside. So I I think win now, um, at least with young players, I always tend to go with the guys that are more defensive orientated. That's interesting because I think and it's easier to sell the fan base on a guy like Wiggins because he scores and he makes highlights and justice. Oh, it's kind for of sure. It's difficult for some like and especially the Heat who are I mean, they're they're trying to sell tickets. They lost Dwayne and that's an empty stadium. And it's not even because they're bad because they've been bad and that stadium's been filled. But it's bad without a star, without a face, without anybody that you care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I will say um with Winslow versus Wiggins, um, I have no doubt, like, if I was putting a bet today on who was going to become the next superstar or, like, face of a franchise, I'd probably say it's going to be Wiggins just because he has those scoring tools and he still has, like, the chance to put it together and be a great defender. He can add right. a couple more elements to his game. But I will say in terms of being a win-now prospect and being more of a guy who you can put on different teams. That's what I like about Winslow. He's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to develop that jump shot and be a superstar, but we saw last year he can conform to a role and be a good playoff contributor. And as his game grows, he can grow into either a good role player that gives you solid minutes off the bench or as a starter, or I don't know, maybe he surprises us all, develops a jump shot, and he becomes a number two, number one guy. That's unlikely, but... I think his floor is probably higher than Wiggins' floor. I think right for sure. And dollar right, oh. Jack. Say, say that oh. again, Johnny. That you compared that you compared him to Iguodala. Yeah, I think he's like in terms of what I see for him. Ideally, I think an Iguodala type player. Hopefully, he develops like his jump shot that much, but he's not gonna like lead you to a championship. We didn't like. We saw what he did as a main option on the Sixers, and that was fine. But like, where he really thrives is as a complimentary guy who still can give you the Finals MVP performance he gave you, but isn't necessarily your Steph Curry. The sham award that he got. <laughs> yeah, he- I, I, I honestly, I, I think if Miami is going full rebuild you make that move like then it becomes a no-brainer just because you do have that upside but there is a risk with players like Wiggins that if he doesn't develop he's still going to be a very good player but because he's always going to kind of be tabbed with that potential label and because he does provide so much scoring and so much flash um you really do have to invest a lot in him like stylistically he's so similar to DeMar DeRozan and uh, offensively like not a great handle out doesn't bring a whole lot outside of scoring questionable defense gets to the line a lot like their lines do compare uh, incredibly like they're they're so similar and you have to invest so much in a player like that and from a team building standpoint if he doesn't improve and you are forced to invest so much in him because you've given up a lot to get him I think all of a sudden it becomes a lot tougher to build a contender. Um, it, it makes sense from an upside standpoint, but if that's not the direction you're going, I, I do understand the at least the the reasoning behind not wanting to make that move. Um, but yeah, it's it, I mean it's tough. I, I can't really see Minnesota wanting to make that move either because if you move Wiggins for a guy that doesn't necessarily have that future superstar label. Then it's you got Anthony Bennett who busted. Your boy. You got, 
you got a first that you traded for two months of Thad Young that you turned into Kevin Garnett. Um, and then you got Wiggins that you traded for, let's, like, I don't want to call it spare parts, but not, not necessarily a future superstar for Kevin Love. I, I don't know if three seasons later you're willing to make that decision. Anthony Bennett's the next best thing. Come on. <laughs> Kaius, you've been quiet. I don't know. I agree with you guys. I was just following the conversation. I think the other part is that for Miami, you know, if you don't have complete faith that Wiggins can become a superstar, considering how empty the treasure chest is for Miami in terms of useful prospects, you don't really want to flip two for one or flip three for one if he's not going to be that guy. And with Miami's pick situation, you really can't afford to risk that. And then yeah, I'd I'd agree with that, um, especially because they do have that one pick coming up, and they really – here's my vision for the team, I guess, is they really need to nail this pick and get something because, honestly, I'm high on Winslow, but I don't see him being the guy who leads them as, like, the number one guy offensively, especially. But if you have Jay Rich and you have Winslow, that's a solid foundation, and you can get maybe a solid score to throw in that mix. And then you have a really solid core. As for trading for Wiggins, you don't really have that many picks past this one to build a foundation. So I think really quantity's kind of important here in terms of building a young core. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what they're going to want to go for? Like, Jack, we, and we have to look at it from this perspective. Like, I probably agree that for this particular instance, that kind of team building is better, considering that LeBron is going to age and the Warriors eventually, that's not going to be forever. So it's probably better to wait it out and grow a team through the draft and young, but knowing how Riley functions and knowing how this organization functions, I don't know if they're going to go that route and they're going to start, I don't know, I just have this feeling they're going to start moving these picks and young guys around and do my dream scenario of Millsap, Gordon Hayward, and J.J. Redick. <laughs> tell me, hold on, Justin, tell me that's not awesome. With Hassan and Gorin. I don't even know if the money works, but just tell me that's not awesome. There's no way that money works. Yeah, come Great on. to get swept by LeBron uh, in the Eastern Conference. No, finals. dude, Le- LeBron will be The so money short. doesn't work. All of a sudden, you got J.J. Redick with his bad back. I'll take Struggling it. in the Eastern Conference Finals. You got Paul Millsap, who I believe is like one of the most underrated power forwards uh, on the planet. He's so damn good, but he turns... He turns into nothing when Tristan Thompson is on him. It's oh, the weirdest thing. Oh, oh, yeah. But he just uh, turns to dust. Uh, oh man, that like I get it. Forget about like, Gordon Hayward. Here, here's the funny thing. Like when you're talking about the direction of the team moving forward, and I guess this is where I'm curious for your input. Miami's a team that's way better than their record. Like if you look at the point differential, it's ninth in the East. So they've had a combination of bad luck early on. The, the breaks haven't gone their way. And then now a quarter through the season where you would think some of that would start to become more normal, you get another bad luck sandwich with all these injuries. So when you're supposed to kind of go back to the norm, when the law of averages is supposed to hit, you get hit with more injuries. So that never really occurs. So you start to accumulate more losses. Like, I, I got to give them credit. Like, the fact that they've competed as much as they've ha- they have with the constant turnover. Like, they have eight players who have started. They played eight. At, they played eight yesterday. They have eight players that have started at least half of their games that they've played. <laughs> like, that's messed up. And then you got Magruder, who <laughs> I think Boy. he started, like, nine of 21 he's played or something like that. Okay, like, it's like that's close to half his starts. You got um, like I was just looking this up when I was at work, but you have so much turnover. Like there has not been a consistent rotation and you've got guys like Magruder that have stepped up uh, like Magruder steps up defensively with Winslow out or, or originally, I guess, Dion. But he started guarding Carmelo Anthony the other night when I was watching. It's like. You got so many guys that are stepping up in these roles and they're competing, but the record just isn't there. Like, I I completely understand at this point the incentive to tank, especially when you do have such a historically good draft that 
if you get that one cornerstone player, like if you luck out and, and you get a Carl Anthony Towns type player, um, and you pair that with Winslow, you pair that with Richardson, all of a sudden you got a good core. You got a core that Pat Riley can use to attract a free agent and, and get that next piece. So, like, I, I see that as kind of the quickest turnaround for this Heat team. I, I just don't know, as you said, I don't know if that's the direction Riley goes. Justin, their process has been so good this season. Like, I, I know a couple of weeks ago it was true since the injuries. I don't know. But they were, like, leading the league in corner threes and layups. Like, in attempts, not makes. But they're getting the <laughs> shots that they – No, like, they're getting what they want. Makes. Except Dion was taking the layups and Luke Babbitt was taking the threes. Like, I that was, that, <laughs> Did you see that? That guy's my hero. Dion's my I hero. Also, the defense – has gone off a cliff since he's gotten hurt. He's kind of their second best wing defender after Winslow, and Winslow is not there. And then you have James Johnson, who's any competent wing defender oh. they had is basically just gone to the locker room and never come back. I don't know what the trainers are doing with these guys, but like we won't see anything. Thank you. We'll That's what they're like doing. Rodney Magruder tore his ACL or something. James well, Johnson is the best. I don't best. know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> a tra- a, a Shout out to went- James Johnson. That that guy's so awesome. Good. He's the best perimeter defender in the NBA right now. <laughs> no, Brian, I'm- give him the stat. <laughs> right now, uh, uh, he's holding players. He's guarding to the 32.7% shooting, 64 for 196 shots. Best among all NBA players who have defended at least 100 attempts. You laughed, Justin, but it was fact. Oh, man. I've, I've been singing James Johnson's praises. I, I was campaigning for the Cavs to pick him up as a. That'd have been really nice for you to get. Oh, are you kidding me? That, that would have been, been great. Crazy. LeBron would have made him a forty-two percent shooter. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, doubt yeah. it. You know, I'm joking. Do you know Chalmers? Thirty-five percent right now. LeBron's greatest trick was us thinking Norris Cole was an NBA player. Okay, I don't. Yo, I, mean, okay. I never thought that guy. He, was- Leave Rondo just time champion. That's my guy, dude. I, I listen. I take Norris back in a heartbeat. I'm all about the Coltrane. Oh, I'd take him back, but I wouldn't give him playing time. No, I take him back. Who, you see, who they're doing a point guard. They're putting Tyler Johnson out there. He's terrible. <laughs> that's that's another guy. Norris Cole is another guy that was like my pipe dream summer. I was like, oh, maybe he's going to take a discount to come with LeBron. Then he fires Rich see. Paul. <laughs> he fires Rich Paul, and I'm like, he oh, lifer. That's a good Woo! I love how like he Twitter will get together and we'll be like, oh, we want this guy. And it's like, oh, Rich Ball client. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Never happening. John Wall, Rich Ball client. Damn yeah, it. Yeah. Eric Bledsoe. Damn it. Yeah, I think Riley's probably burned that bridge mostly. I don't think it's ever going to stop him from getting one, but I think it's definitely going to make it harder to convince guys to maybe take pay cuts. God, that'd be so funny if he never gets a Rich Ball client again. That wouldn't be funny at all. No, no, it'd be funny. Did, you'd immediately be suspicious that there's like something wrong with him. He's a mole or like there's something going on. Oh my on. god, yes. You would like Pat Riley is bugging his hotel rooms like every single night. No, <laughs> like no matter where they're traveling, he's calling ahead. He's designated what room he's in. The phones are wired. Everything's <laughs> wired. He's trying to find out what the angle is. UD, UD, UD's trying to do some investigating. Yeah. <laughs> they signed the Rich Paul client, and the guy's just t- talking mess about Riley trying to get Winslow to leave. <laughs> Costa Kufos is a Rich Paul client? Yeah, man. Guy's a legend. Uh, say goodbye to that. He <laughs> Oh, damn it. No that clue. was our Hassan replacement. Uh, I, I thought because the Kings were so high on Shumpert, I always thought there was going to be like a Mecklemore and Kufos trade for Shumpert and, and something else maybe. Jeez. But with Shumpert <laughs> actually But with Shumpert playing well, um, I don't think the Cavs are exploring moving him anymore. But what was the yeah. video he was in? Fade, man. Kanye. Kanye blessed him. Kanye blessed him. He has learned how to shoot. Although I, I think him and Jay Crowder. Wait, what? <laughs> Kanye blessed him and now he can shoot. Although I have a theory that Jay Crowder and Amon Shumpert are in a constant battle to see who has the highest three-point percentage out of these 
3 and D guys that can't shoot. Like, coming into this season, Shumpert had a slightly higher three-point percentage, and then all of a sudden, Jay Crowder can shoot, so Shumpert's shooting like 43% from three. As soon as Crowder hits a slump, Shump is going to go on in the slump, too. Just book it. Jay Crowder's another guy that I would love. Oh, he's, he's really is he a rich fall guy? No, 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 I, like I got the list. He's not, Why he's, do you not like that guy? What did he do to you? I just so I remember going to Mavericks games when I lived in Dallas, and then it was just seeing Jay Crowder, and just everybody in Dallas is like Jay Crowder's our guy. Like Rick Carlisle's gonna turn Jay Crowder into something, and I was like, that's ridiculous. That's what we do with Spoke. <laughs> and then he goes to the Jack, Celtics, and then they make him good, and I'm just like laughing. Brad Stevens. <laughs> Brad Stevens. But Jack, Brad we do the same thing with Spoke. I like. Henry Walker comes here. We're like, oh, Spoh's going to make him good. Okay. But here's <laughs> How many the thing. times was Spoh Wayne supposed Ellington. to fix Beasley? Beasley almost got fixed so many times. So I'm... He's so close! He locked so down close. Boogie, though. Yeah, he did. He did, he did he lock won. down Boogie that one game last year. Or two years ago. Five. At the five. Beasley at the five. My favorite game ever. <laughs> two years ago was actually kind of similar to this Heat team right now. Like, late season... Um, two years ago before Miami got justice, just where, like, you thought things were going to go well. They traded for Goron. You thought Bosch was going to come back, and you're like, okay, here's the playoff push. They're going to figure it out. They have Hassan. This team is going places. And then Bosch announces blood clots as, like, as soon as Goron gets on the plane to Miami. Everybody gets right. And then after that, you get Henry Walker and just a bunch of randoms coming through. But the door. that Henry Walker game in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, it had some moments, and this season will definitely have some moments. But that season was fun because they had Dwayne. This one makes me sad. Dion's basically Dunn. Dwayne if you squint. <laughs> <laughs> and then just close your eyes before the layup like rims out, and then it's yeah, Dwayne Wade. But then you have to hear him yell and no. one. Do it, do it, do it, do it. I like the and one. That basically just gave me like Cavs flashbacks from like <laughs> 2013. That's my favorite thing is me discovering new things about like Dion's games and then like tweeting about him. And then like all of the Cavs Twitter just be like, yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> I'm just like, here's, oh, my thing. here's my thing. Like Dion is a legitimately great human being. Like, he, and he's hilarious. He's so confident in himself. And he has, oh. these, he has these great moments. And, like, every summer, like, you see him taking shots over a trainer with a broom or something. And you're like, oh, yeah, Dion's got it. And, like, <laughs> the theory of Dion and wanting to root for Dion, like, that urge is just so strong that it takes away all rational judgment i did not like him as a player i was tired of people saying oh they should keep dion and move Kyrie." um like, what was that a thing that was, was a definitely thing. a thing that was <laughs> why was that a thing huge thing what's wrong people with are unreasonably we low on Kyrie and unreasonably high on dion <laughs> so then you get this mix where it's like oh clearly Kyrie's the problem with dion's development Wait, man, they had a press conference to talk about the fact that they don't hate each other. Wait, what? <laughs> really? Yeah, they called a press conference, and Dion had to address the fact that he doesn't hate Kyrie, and Kyrie doesn't hate him. The most wild part was there was a game in Minnesota where Corey Brewer elbowed Kyrie in the face, and Kyrie had to go to the locker room. And <laughs> there was like a big blow up in the locker room after the game, and because <laughs> Kyrie hadn't come out, like uh, from the locker room after getting elbowed in the face, the first time they saw him was like uh, in the press conference after, and he had this black eye. So everybody said that Dion punched Kyrie in the face. <laughs> Wait, Josh Gordon and Dr. Waiters were neighbors? Wait, really? Yeah. Apparently, this this whole thing came out because he was on. Josh Gordon was on first take, and he says he yeah, was. They, they were part partying together all the time man. like they were always posting pictures together it was legendary if only jr was there oh my oh, goodness no jr's literally serious, though. he's a serious champion do you know that jr crying at the podium made me cry where's alf oh, alf, man. alf would be making fun of me so hard right now it was an emotional mo- moment i was really glad to see him turn it around because he's a buffoon 
No, but he's Man, like JR has always been him. my guy though. Like JR's that's that's my thing. JR has been like my guy since like the Denver days. So I was I was really excited. Everyone's like, oh, he's the tax for taking on Shumpert. Which I mean, really, the Cavs got it's the reverse. Oh, the Cavs got Amon Shumpert, J.R. Smith, and a first-round pick for Dion Waiters. Those like, moves they pulled off, like that season, even when they got Mozgov, just Mozzie. Well, no, that's, that's I don't understand they, how they, they did that. They then packaged, like, realistically, out of assets they had before the trade, they gave up Dion Waiters and a first. And they got back Mozgov, Jr., Shumpert, and a second-round pick. And was I still t- what was Dion on the Knicks? No, no. D- Dion got. Oh, I was like, I was like, <laughs> did Dion I got traded to the Thunder in that deal. Oh, like, okay. I-, I was about, I was like, wait, what? I was like, I, 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 that I, I was like, I need to, I need to go watch a highlight video of Dion on the Knicks because that sounds no, that, that would be amazing. But like, those trades were just like. Absolutely incredible, and and like that's why I was cheesed that uh, Griffin didn't get Executive of the Year. Uh, I forget who got it that year, but um, Riley. No, I think was it uh, wasn't it like Boston or something annoying? I want to say it was Boston for sure. I don't like when Boston. <laughs> I feel like it was Ainge. I, I feel like it was, it was Ainge. definitely like, Ainge. And I mean, for Crowder, and like that somehow <laughs> was better. Listen, he got like better. two first round picks. Wait, what year? Yeah, they traded for um. Isaiah? Yeah, they traded for yeah, Isaiah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but the, hold on. Phoenix was incompetent. Yeah, Phoenix would have given anybody anything, which is why I'm almost mad. Like, when I saw what the Celtics paid for Isaiah, like, right after we got Goron, I was like, we could have done that the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Riley got Goron. I love Goron. I was super excited about it, and I still love having Goron on the team. I don't want him to trade. I was like, did we need to give up like two picks and all Danny Granger? Were they second round picks? No, they were first two first round picks and Danny Granger to the Pelicans or something. That's uh, like when and, and that's somebody like else you, and George. That's like when you pay per plate to go to a buffet. You load up on like some nice stuff and all of a sudden as you walk away with your load up <laughs> plate, you just come out with the Danny steak. Granger. <laughs> Danny they just Granger. started giving away steak. All of a sudden, they had too much steak. <laughs> roast beef. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could go for some good roast beef right now. Anyways, this is productive. Those are the days, man. Those are the days. <laughs> I'm looking at the show sheet. I don't know. Oh, let's talk about the water bottles. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, oh, the so, LeBron water bottle? Yeah, my thing with the water bottles is I thought the water bottles were freaking hilarious. However, it also got me mad that everyone's like, oh, look, it's so cute. Look at LeBron having fun with his teammates. When if that were to happen in Miami, it would be leading Good Morning America. I don't know about that. No, Jack. Remember when he hugged that guy who made the half-court shot? Like, that was there was a they period that was where after, we were falling That was after they won. Him. That was after they won. That was halftime. That was after to be they fair, won. like, LeBron got grilled for, like, the dancing and stuff in Cleveland, too. Like, people just oh, yeah, didn't yeah, like yeah. LeBron showboating before he won. But in Miami, it was bad, Just I mean, like... Oh, have- dude, Miami was Miami was so bad that me, as a hater, was like, thank God LeBron <laughs> freaking won. Oh, by the <laughs> way, I want to ask you, what was your most haterific moment? Oh, man. I, I know, I know, uh, I know David from Fear the Sword. I can't say his last name. I don't even want to try. Zavak. Yeah, him. Zavak. Zavak. He, he, I think he told me that he didn't even watch Heat games the first year. Like oh, the, hater, the hater was that strong. He's like, I couldn't do it. See, for for me, it was tough. Like, I pretty much directed all my hatred towards Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which which hurt because like I was such a big Wade fan and uh, like I was rooting. You hated for Dwayne. Him. What? That you hated Dwayne. Oh no, I I I did. <laughs> after, <laughs> no, I, I did. I decision, did. After the decision. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I gotta gotta be clear. Like I was rooting okay. for them against Dallas back in the day and all that. Um, and like I was obviously angry at LeBron or whatever. Um, but after they won, I was like, you know what? I've spent like all my formative years watching basketball, like watching the Cavs, watching LeBron. It was just nice to see him win. It was nice to kind of see him kind of put some of the haters away. I was still going to root against them in every series, but at the same time, like, 
you have to recognize that LeBron's are arguably the most talented player to ever play the game. Oh, and, that was like, a really player nice moment. and profound thing to say. It's also not what I asked you. What was your most haterific moment? <laughs> I want to know the most petty. Man, I, I think I had, like, I think I changed, because I, I didn't have Twitter at the time. I was late to Twitter. Um, I think I, like, changed my Facebook profile to, like, Cavs for Mavs. Ah, oh, Cavs for Mavs! Oh, no. <laughs> and, like, I think, like, the caption below it was, like, defeat pure evil or something, like, just <laughs> just awful. It was so comical like, something the first that game. I would roast the living hell out of somebody for now. God and, like, the, that's why I always say the decision is the best thing that ever happened to me. Because in as a sports fan, because those those years that he was gone, I went from just being awful. Well, I, I mean, I was young too. Like I was basically graduating high school at the time. Um, but I learned how to not live and die with every single game. I had so much fun with those bad Cavs teams, and like now I, I just can kind of enjoy sports. I, I don't really hold many petty grudges against players or stuff. I mean, I'll rip them. I'll rip certain ones on Twitter, but like, I, I don't like genuinely hate a player or anything like that now. So, I think it made me a better basketball fan as a result of it. Jack, what's our what's our pettiest? I mean, because Team Petty is, I think Team Petty's still going. I like. I'm not the main Team Petty guy. I honestly kind of had the thing similar to what Justin had, where like there was a time where I was like. I had to root against him. I definitely had to root against the Cavs, and I like. I still appreciated what LeBron was doing because how could you not? And it's hard to go from like watching him for four years to just like complete hating him. But I was definitely pretty petty. But then like seeing him actually like just do what he did, just come back from. I mean, it was we joke about it, but he came back from three one against the greatest regular season team of all time. That's a joke. Dropping 40-point games and triple-doubles in Game 7 with that insane block. And then he's like, just like, you see the weight of the world lift off his shoulders as soon as they win that. Jack. I can't hate on that. That's the coolest Jack. thing ever. That's the greatest player ever. Jack, Especially when it's against the Whack Warriors. <laughs> I, I right, after, right, after, right after I say how much evolved. <laughs> I didn't... um. I wanted, I like LeBron, and I've been public on that I like LeBron. I just didn't want to see Richard Jefferson win. It just got me <laughs> mad that they that they start Richard Jefferson and be in the finals. I was like, that's not fair. He's terrible. Dick Jefferson. He's so bad. I was like, he's so old. I was like, when we started old people, we got smoked by the Spurs. Shane Battier couldn't move anymore. You guys are starting Richard Jefferson. Ugh, so mad. I mean, that was one game because of a concussion, but yeah. But still, he was out there. <laughs> Just knowing that they had the audacity to do that. Uh, also, Tristan Thompson being good in the finals. I mean, we had we, I mean, we were making how many Tristan Thompson jokes? Oh, yeah. man. People killed that contract. We always oh, still do, but I mean, it's just how though <laughs> they need that guy. Like, yeah, I know, but they had to give that. That is a bargain deal already. So we don't have anything anymore. I'm watching Dwayne Wade play for the Bulls, and I want to cry. Like, we don't have any. <laughs> we're we're cast, dude. That's, that's, that's the other. That's the other nice thing about the. That's the other nice thing about Griffin is he oh signed God, all, all of those contracts before the cap spike, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, why are you paying that much?" Didn't and they like facilitate now, of Dwayne's move those. to Chicago? Did it, did it oh yeah, they... that's how we got Dunleavy for free. So mad. <laughs> I keep forgetting that Dunleavy. That's um, BS. Is he playing? Yeah, on? that's because he's dead. <laughs> yeah, it is. But like, it's Mike Dunleavy. I don't know. That seems significant. I love what Levitard says. Were, that he looks like a generic gone. police sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dunleavy looks exactly like my high school basketball coach. It's it's it scares the hell out of me. We didn't even talk about the water thing. We just we got into it and then we abandoned it. I think it's I, cool. I mean, LeBron's what, cool now. Get over it. Yeah, it's it is what it is. And like Kyrie said, if you land it, you're a legend. That's <laughs> true. He's just he's trying to put his mark on the water bottle challenge in the garden, <laughs> in the holiest of holies. <laughs> <laughs> the basketball mecca. <laughs> Water. Dude, they smoked him. 
God. It's I, I don't weird knowing that they're 100% going to beat the Warriors in the finals, right? Like, you just know that something bad's going to happen, and there's no way the basketball gods allow Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green to win in their first year. They can't like, allow Satan to win. That's been happening. They can't they allow don't Satan win in their first year. I think right. LeBron's winning two straight. Here, here's my thing. The, the Warriors were the better team last season. There's, I don't think there's any way that any rational person could deny that. In my opinion, Ask the, Kevin teams, the, <laughs> the teams won in the wrong year, in my opinion. like I, I think the Cavs should have won in 2015 if they were fully healthy, and I think the Warriors would have won in 2016 if they were fully healthy. If you played out that series 100 times, the Warriors win 75 maybe. And I, I actually feel it's closer this year, even though the Warriors are a more talented team. I think as long as the Cavs kind of keep this up where Kevin Love's playing like Minnesota Kevin Love, you get career best Kyrie, LeBron's playing great, Shumper can shoot. Um, you kind of hope that JR uh, kind of finds his rhythm, although he's been dealing with the leg injury for a few weeks. Um, I, I think it's closer and the Cavs can do things against them that they weren't able to before because the defense has changed for Golden State, and that was a lot of the issue. It, it's going to be an offensive kind of showdown. Um, but the, the, the Warriors should be favored. Like, the Warriors should be favored. Like, the, they are, once again, the better team. I just don't think the margin is as huge as it was last season. I just, I just don't see how Cleveland's going to be able to defend DeAndre Liggins. <laughs> he's still around? No, he's on the Cavs now. He just started Wait, for what? them. What? Really? Have you yeah, not man. been following? Where have you been? I don't. I didn't, didn't know that. Skyforce updates all the time. Yeah, he started really? last game for the Cavs. Skyforce legend, dude. And we'll get Chalmers midseason. Chalmers of the Cavs. No, it's probably happening. Don't take him too. No, he, he's he's going to be a Cavalier in Why? January, February. You, no, that's not fair. That guy's ours, man. The comeback. That's, that's been that's basically been the game plan, uh, but um, it's not- it's funny because it's just Tristan Thompson inherited the Delonte West mantle. <laughs> yeah, I got to be careful how I say that, but oh, no. um, <laughs> I, I mean the only cast. I, was like, I have jokes, man. I got jokes. <laughs> I know you do. Leave Delonte out of this. That that man was the second best player on a very good Cavs team. Oh, uh, <laughs> that doesn't say much about the Cavs team. Oh man, no, Delonte West was legitimately good, man. That just but Tristan Thompson what is the... Wait, hold on. What, what year was this alleged really good year? Those those two years. Those two Cavs years. Okay. He was a legitimately great defender, combo guard, rebounded, assist, shot well. The man was good. Anyways, okay, Tristan Thompson is the only person that's allowed to yell at LeBron, and it's hilarious. And and Le- Le- it's been a feeling out process for LeBron because he's finding out which guys he can yell at, which guys he can't. <laughs> and and it, it, like Kyrie, will he can get into it with Kyrie no problem. Uh, it just kind of fires him up. Can yell at Tristan and Tristan kind of gives a, a stunned look on his face. But Tristan also like screams at LeBron when LeBron <laughs> takes a defensive play off, and it's the funniest thing ever because it's always like that glue guy. That glue guy's like the one that's allowed to yell at LeBron, and it's just funny to see that kind of get passed on. Hey, Justin, uh, which was a great Delonte West year? Was it the 8.8 points on 44% shooting year, or was it the 11 points on 45% shooting year? Well-rounded glue guy, my friend. <laughs> Second best player? Stepped it up in the playoffs. Second best player? Defense, defense counts. I mean, you guys talk about Justice Winslow being good. <laughs> Jack talks yeah. about Justice. Kind of got us on that. <laughs> do you hate? Do you hate Tyler Johnson too? Do you want to hate Tyler Johnson? You're the only one who hates Tyler Johnson. No, man. me and Humberto. Okay, that's me the company you want to be in. Yes, I, listen, Nikias. I don't hey, have many where, allies. Where, where did you get? Where did you get these stats from? I'm looking up Delonte's stats now. 10.3 points, 11.7 which points. Which year were you looking at? I just closed the basketball report. Gianni's a liar. Oh, he is. Wait, which, year, which year were you? Well, I looked at the full season, not the one he was traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- full season, 11.7 points per game. That's what I 40, said, 11 points. 
No, you, you didn't. Well, uh, yeah, I said we literally are recording. Forty-six percent from the floor, forty percent from three. Brian, can you play it back? No. Are you able to? No. 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 Fact. You said eight or something. I said. Yeah, eight, you said uh, eight. I, no, I asked. I asked for two years. I said there's an eight point eight, and then there's an eleven. I don't think you said that. Doesn't, that. And by the way, three points doesn't make your argument better. When you guys listen to the podcast, comment and let Johnny know he's wrong. At me. At me. Just, I'm right. At can't me, add right anymore. Now. Twitter got rid of the app. Wait, what? Yeah, there's a new the format. Wait, how? then how do I? Wait. It just says like me to you or something. So I can't yeah, you at you? Reply. Yeah, it's stupid. just like a reply. Wait. There's no app. But I can't. But it. But why? Like, wh- why did they change that? Why anything? But like, I like like. It's, don't at me. Like, we all did. We all did. I yeah, I, I gotta find like a new they... thing. I, I have a. I've got a Soldier Boy meme that I can't use anymore with "Don't <laughs> at me" on his sunglasses. Like, I'm I'm upset. I got I gotta add to my reservoir. I don't know what to do. What? I'm just really hold on. Wait, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of shook. I'm, I don't know what's going on. I'm disoriented. So there's no oh. more ad. Handle it. Handle adversity. Come on, show some toughness. Oh my god. Oh, so Tyler, <laughs> Tyler so you, you want to hate Tyler Johnson with me or what? Me? No, Tyler yeah. Johnson. You, you like him? <laughs> so likable. He's been bad, dude. He was bad for like three weeks, like really. That's because he's the only guard on that team who's worth an NBA spot. It's hard to play when you're. Oh, whoa, whoa. Like... Magruder. Magruder's hurt too, and he's like barely an NBA player. He's better than Tyler. Can okay, Tyler that's, you, you don't believe that. I, I know for a fact you don't believe that. These Can are Tyler Johnson days. shoot? Isn't he like a, a 39% shooter or something Dude, like yeah, that? Yeah, no, like, he's a really solid shooter. He's a non-volume shooter. He has like two attempts. Like, but shoot. that's because he doesn't really get many spot-up looks, especially when he's like being asked to run the second unit. Like It's kind of hard for him in this position because ideally he is being used as a secondary handler, maybe like third handler in a lineup and then with a lot of spot up opportunities and then he's like a, he's making one three a game it's like yeah but like volume. he's playing point guard right now i don't think that's his role i think he's an off ball guy like i think he's perfect in that um like this is weird to say because anybody would be perfect playing with lebron but he is like the quintessential <laughs> lebron point guard that doesn't really give you like much off the dribble but like he can, but his like main role is defense and spot up shooting. Like Della Do- Vadova. I hate that guy. He's not that bad. You hate all the cool people. You like that guy? So I like. I appreciate Delhi. He tried to kill Taj Gibson that one time. Yeah, but who cares about Taj Gibson? I I just don't like Justin. Do you like him? De- He's Dele- be honest. Be honest. I, don't want to call I him. mean, again, we're starting to go into guys that we've heard too much of. Delhi's better than Kyrie, and like Wait, what? Just... what the hell's going on in Cavs Twitter? ESPN wrote that. Why? ESPN said that they were going to have a drop off this year from their win total last year Who wrote because that? they're going from <laughs> Delhi starting twenty games to Kyrie being back for a full season and the assist numbers with the like how many times Kyrie has assisted LeBron. Did you not watch that video? You oh, need to like pay attention to Justin's like it's always sunny updates. Is that you? <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Those are great. He does like it's always sunny updates, like with the titles, but they're like what Cavs Twitter is doing. It's yeah, honestly, I wish I started that like. Five years ago, like it would have been absolutely hysterical for all the weird nights, like the, the night that Jeremy Pargo goes off for forty-five points. <laughs> what a weird day! Oh man, so many weird things happened to the Cavs in that. Well, basketball—they basketball traded John Lure for a first Mo Spates and Wayne Ellington, and all of a sudden, like Wayne Ellington and Spates were like what the Cavs needed to, like, go next level. And, like, they had some fun run to end the season. Like, it, just, it was hilarious. I just realized that Justin hijacked this, and we've done a we've done a Cavs podcast. Have we, though? I don't think so. I think it's been pretty balanced. After Justice, I think we've done a Cavs podcast. Oh, man. While well, we're, we're at it, do you guys know who Kevin Dast is, or is that just us? Is he just bothering us? 
who 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 man? He apologized to me right now, guy. I mean, he's like some fake cast oh. with Dan yeah, Gilbert yeah, yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My, he's that, my hero. He's my hero. He doesn't follow me, but he's like occasionally like commented on. He finds you. Yeah, yeah, he does a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that guy. That he's, guy's my hero. He's weird. Like he that's weird. He's a parody account, right? Like I don't I know. think so. Because he's, he's only harassing like heat like, Twitter people. Oh man! He called into a radio show. One of uh, our one of our co-hosts, Alf. He does a uh, he does a show on local radio station here, seven ninety the ticket. And he called yeah. in. Yeah, shout out to Alf, big time. He's big time. He doesn't even want to be on shows anymore. He's too big time for us. He's probably not even going to listen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Screw man, I, I I got a check on Twitter, and now I, now I'm big time. I'm I'm letting that get to my head. Yeah, we're, we tried you're, you're lucky. You're lucky. I grasped you. Grace you with my presence. Listen, we've had ESPN people on, okay? Like we got we just you little fear the sword, okay? Yeah, I'm pulling up that. tweets. I'm pulling up exchange tweets between Justin and Kevin. Should I read them? Yeah, what you got? Oh what you yeah. Got? Hit right, me so up with the that. first one that's on here. At Kazanada. Justin, who's the girl in your avatar pick? Damn, if these are the type <laughs> of girls fear the sword writers pull, I'd be replying for real. <laughs> Here's a tweet from him. The water bottle challenge was funny. Much more classy than those thugs in Miami used to do when they had the big three. Hashtag the land. See, that's the quality analysis we need on this. Okay, it's you guys need to trade. You, got, you guys need to trade Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow for Kevin. Let's go. I'm down. I would do that. In a heartbeat. This is in response to uh, a, this is in response to a Greg Popovich uh, sideline interview. At Justin, I found him quite rude, and I've already emailed the league offices requesting a fine. Oh, man. <laughs> he's a hero. He's he's performance art. He's he's like he's the best. He likes um, Applebee's as much as I do. <laughs> he has to come on a podcast. Apparently. Am I a bad person because I won't eat at Applebee's? I won't eat at. Yeah, Chili's. yeah, you are. Yes, you're a very bad person. You are missing out on value meals. Yeah, I won't. No, see, I don't know because I like I'll eat at Lime, but like I won't eat at Taco Bell. Oh yeah, what? Lime? Do you have that, Jack, in Texas or wherever the hell you are, Indiana? I mean, that's a garnish. Yeah. Lime, Mexican grill? No, is that just here? No, Brian, we don't have Mexican food in Indiana. Right. <laughs> if you, if <laughs> Mike Pence, if Mike you Pence think Mexican it, food is making it up to Winnipeg, I got a, I got a surprise for you. No, that, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what's the question? Justin, when they I, don't cross the border Justin, and come all the way up to Winnipeg. When I was in Winnipeg, it felt so freeing that I could speak Spanish to my friends and nobody would know what I'm saying. Oh, man. I was like, I oh man, look, we can talk about other people and nobody will know what we're you saying. Like you're an alien. <laughs> Why were you in Winnipeg? What's wrong with if Winnipeg? It's, it's not like exactly a tourist town, is it? I went to see the fork. Yeah. The fork? Yeah, the fork's nice. yeah it's the river. see yeah. the fork. Nice. Yeah. All I know about it is arson and it's the murder capital of Canada, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> it's the murder capital of Canada. It is the murder capital of Canada. We had 26 murders last year, man. I felt unsafe. Uh, I went for the Women's World Cup. Did you cry? Huh? Did you cry? <laughs> I did. I did. I cried. I did cry. Like, as a matter, as a matter of fact, I did because Sydney Larue, who was my favorite player at the time, who was half Canadian, half American, got to play in Canada, and she started as she was singing our spec banner. Hey, hey, emotional. And that was the only game that they tied, by the way. I went to the only game that they didn't score. It was against Sweden. 0-0 draw. Megan, oh Megan Clinkenbeard saved the United States see, from going see down people, in that game. See, people blame millennials for the culture. They blame them for everything. But they, they, the people that came before, allowed soccer to be a sport. where you Soccer's great. And in a 0-0 draw. That's not okay. Everybody goes home. That's the original Hockey participation. The award. Football, 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 football,
Nobody listens to NBA stuff from Canada, man. We're good. <laughs> Nobody's listening to a Heat footage? podcast. We used to have Canada a number one Heat fan in Canada. We did. And, and, in, and in London, he wanted to bump comps with us. That's when Brian and I would do the show by ourselves. Those are only two show, listeners. The show format was basically, I make fun of Brian for 45 minutes. And we sprinkle in Heat Talk. Now the format's we make fun of you for 45 yeah, minutes. I used to be yeah. a bully, now I'm the bullied. Is there a format to this? <laughs> just Not really. We just talk bleep. I don't even know. Like, if you were to tell me, what have you talked about this show? I, I don't think I can summarize it. I blacked out like 30 I gotta minutes. say, this is a fun deviation from normal podcasting. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, we, we just go. And I've also been watching Bulls Spurs, and I'm confused as to why Pau Gasol got a, why a video Bulls? montage. Why did the Bulls win games? I gotta be honest, I love Jimmy Butler, and I really want to watch him, but I refuse to watch a Chicago Bulls team that has Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade. I don't want to watch that. Like, I'm sorry, I just can't. I love Jimmy Butler, and I think he You're not watching be. for Dwayne? You're like, I want to watch Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Well, no, I don't want to watch because Dwayne's on the team. I don't want to watch Dwayne. I've seen him. Jimmy Butler is like... Kinda should be in the lower end of the MVP conversation. Jack, you don't miss him? I miss him, but like I don't want to see him in a Bulls uniform. That's like traumatizing. That, that's sad that's sad for everybody involved. Jack. Yeah. It's just depressing. Plus he's not good anymore, so it's like Oh, he's still good. Get out of here. He's, he's not helping good. his team. He's yeah. like okay. No, he's good. Jack, I have he's, a, I have, <laughs> I have a really important question for Jack. Ready? Ask yes. it. Okay, I'm just moment. Yeah. Sure he's ready. Just... What's your thoughts on the Hamilton mixtape? Me? I have not listened to it yet, but I really like Hamilton, and I'm sure it's really good. I don't care what ha- Hamilton's like a symbol for whatever like political affiliation you have. I just liked the music. It was pretty cool. That was the lamest answer. That's my ever. take. What's your favorite Hamilton I like song? Guys, music. Guys, I like what rap. do you think of the mixtape? I, I don't even know who that is. I don't know what it is, so um, I'm just lost. For our listeners, Nikias looks just like Greg Monroe. Oh, don't do this. Please don't. Come on, man. I, is very this is enough offline. I can't. <laughs> does this happen offline? Yes, it does. It's terrible. That's really funny. Wow, that, I'm so sorry. <sighs> I mean, you just kind of made it worse. Don't apologize now. <laughs> no, I am sorry. I just said that. <laughs> it's a compliment. A um, we've barely talked about Heat Cavs because they play tomorrow. Uh, I don't, I don't know what there is to say other than the Heat are going to get drubbed. Yeah, and rest everyone. Le- LeBron is so. <laughs> little preview. I'm, I'm writing a column, and I'm. Does everybody know the legend of Nero, the Emperor of Rome, and how he yep. burned down the the city while playing the fiddle? I feel like Nero is LeBron. Right as the Heat burn, he plays the fiddle as he's winning championships and playing the little water game on the sideline as Miami fields eight guys. Right, so like he comes into town, the Heat are awful and everybody's hurt, and he's out here winning championships, and he gets to be right forever. See, if this game was in Miami, this would be the typical Cavs went out the night before; they know they're playing eight guys. (laughs) They're going to screw around and find a way to lose this. And I'm sitting there laughing while, while trying to not convey that I'm laughing on Twitter. Well, I watch people go absolutely ballistic. <laughs> um, but because it, it's in Cleveland and they've had the whole honeymoon is over and they're trying to make a point, um, it, it probably does... Um, yeah, I, I just don't see how the Heat make this game competitive. And, and it's uh, like Hassan Whiteside, Hassan Whiteside is somebody that legitimately, like what he can do offensively, really does give the Cavs trouble. Um, he's one of the few guys that it, it does kind of bother Tristan Thompson to some extent. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, against him. Um Typically, the Cavs' solution to those type of centers has been to go with either Kevin Love at the five or to go with Love and Channing Fry and just kind of three-point blitz that guy off the floor. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, 
Miami's just so banged up that it's it's tough to really it, it's tough to analyze what they are as a team like on the year because there's been so much change. Impossible. It's even tougher to analyze what on earth is going to happen tomorrow Justin, in the game think, with what's do left. Do you think that sounds good? Like, and I, I, let me let me preface this by saying it's. I mean, I think we know he's good. Um, how <laughs> good? I mean, he's not bad. Like, he's not. You know, he's not bad. But <laughs> thank you. Stop laughing. <laughs> How good is he? Because I was doing some research on his defensive numbers, and they're be- they're two points better per hundred when he's off the court. But what doesn't make sense to me is I'm like, okay, well, what makes what makes their defense good, right? And they're very good at protecting the rim, and they don't allow a lot of threes. Right. So the protecting the rim is a Hassan thing, and actually, and adjusted for pace, they allow I think the third least drives uh, field goal attempts at the rim like guys aren't even trying and when Hassan's on the floor teams are attempting fewer threes so I have no idea why the defense gets better when he's off I I was going to ask you guys about that because that changed last season like it it started first half of the season that was the case and there were some legitimate issues with Whiteside's defense and he improved from what I saw throughout the course of the year like down the stretch, that wasn't the case, right? Like they they were better with him on, or am um, I mistaken? They evened out a little bit. I don't I don't know if they were. They were better with him on for the back half, but like yeah, for that, the that's season, it ended up like breaking even. I think basically. Right, but for the back half, they were better. Yeah, and some parts of that I understood because I think they they had very strong defenders on the bench, and I, I think that had some impact. But with the turnover of this season, I was really surprised to see that's changed. And when you look at like his individual numbers, what he's allowing at the rim is phenomenal. Like he's that it's it's crazy. Like he's allowing such a low percentage. I think it's like it's 40, 46, 40 around. Like teams aren't even going at him like they're not even trying. But he is defending a lot of attempts at the rim. Yeah, he is. It is quite a few attempts. I think it's almost eight attempts a game. But the only area that I really have seen a drop-off, I haven't checked the numbers recently, but um, his pick-and-roll defense did drop off this season. And and to some extent, it's tough because rim protection is obviously so huge. But what people often don't talk about with rim protection is limiting the amount of attempts at the rim is very important like if you're bleeding points in the pick and roll or if your wings are allowing easy penetration that then even if you have a good defensive center on the inside if the wings can get past the perimeter easily they can leave those drop-off passes to big men for easy finishes they can basically do whatever they want and i i I thought early on last season whiteside was playing good individual defense not necessarily the best team defense. He could get lost. I thought that improved. This season, I don't understand why the defensive numbers are, are worse. Like, I think it's small sample size, mostly for a pick and roll. He, he is an above average pick and roll defender. But I, I just don't understand why it's the case this season. I was hoping you guys could kind of lend some insight there because I do think Hassan Whiteside's a good player. And I think there's there's a happy medium between those that say, Oh, well, well, actually he's a, a bad defender. And mm-hmm. those that say he's a great defender because it's funny because the holes in his defensive game are very, very similar to Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is a poor pick and roll defender. And I think that's something that's not really talked about a whole lot in Utah. That's like not Rudy. What's that? What? No, <laughs> I didn't say <laughs> I know. I said stifle tower and, Jack said, "Suck it, Rudy." <laughs> and I thought Nikias was gonna say, "What was it, Blanc Cote?" I, I, I think I think I've called I think I've called Gobert um, Whiteside West a couple times, but <laughs> that um, makes Utah fans really mad. <laughs> oh, God. they do not, not like comparing. I'm not Gobert gonna go to too deep about this, but because I, I do like the writing of a few Utah people, but my God, on Twitter, like they complain about referees more than. Any non-Toronto fan base. Toronto's and, crazy. And they think and they think 
every single player that's gone through the organization is the next Michael Jordan. Like, it is incredible. George Hill. Really? Next Michael Jordan. Oh, man. I think the Celtics love, love every asset. Oh, I I mean, obviously. Celtics Celtics fans just get the exposure. They're they're the worst, and they're also kind of racist. They're all kind of racist, to be fair. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) What's in Salt Lake City, like, one of the only major cities to go red? (laughs) That's true. Those those more How did Joe Johnson end up there, by the way? Just because I don't keep, know. Just keep him away from here. I don't care where he ended up. Not. I don't here. know why you guys hate Joe Johnson. You guys need to call him. No, I, I like Joe Johnson, man. No, Harris, I got, I got, no, he fans hate I got Joe Johnson though. Him, man. You have to watch his pick and rolls on fast forward, or you fall asleep. <laughs> but it's so cool though, because he's in no hurry, and you're just like, he's gonna get a shot clock violation just driving to the rim. <laughs> I so, see. Look, I've thought of I, now. I wanted to talk about what's the player he Twitter hates the most. Has Danny Granger. Right? Oh my God, McBo- or McBob's? No, McRoberts is going to redeem himself second oh, dude, half. They hate season. him. Watch this. He's exactly. going to have a good season. Jack, they hate him. Danny Granger, though, like so Heat fans hated Danny Granger when he was on the Pacers, and then he came to the Heat, and you're like, okay, he's going to redeem himself. He's going to be like a Ray Allen type. But no, <laughs> wow. now we just no. hate him more. Because he was Derek, terrible. Derek Williams is going to get hated, dude. I don't know why you guys got your hopes in him. He's Derek Williams. He's basically Michael Beasley 2.0. He's worse Michael Beasley. Cause, and no, yeah. Like, he's like best lineups with Derek Williams inexplicably. No. Is, is it, like is it five-man five lineups? Like, I, I think. Well, to be fair, their power forward situation right now is like, well, Justice Winslow's their best power forward. He's out and also is their starting small forward. Then you have Luke Babbitt, Derek Williams, and then Josh McRoberts, who is like finally not injured. And then you have Udonis Haslam, who's like 80 years old. I, I have an opinion. I have a Winslow opinion. I, I think Bismack Biombo. Where was this an hour ago? <laughs> I, I think Bismack Biombo should pay Justice Winslow 30% of his yeah. contract. <laughs> Because his exposure playing against six was Winslow six 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 five. Well, technically, he's like six four without shoes, which is the right, big right. thing. Like he's a guard that plays like, bigger yeah. than his side. But he was playing center, and Bismack Biombo got that playoff exposure against a six four center, quote unquote. And that was just and Miami that- just being a mess. Like game seven, their whole team had fallen apart. They were just like, yeah, we know we're losing this game. Like thirty seconds into it. And then you had Bismack Biombo just like, I believe like game it. six and game seven or whatever. And, and, now, and now, he's, now he's getting like, what, four points per game and five rebounds for Orlando while shooting 30%. Orlando? Again, what did they do? Or, no, hold on. Orlando's doing what Phoenix did, but with centers. Oh. Right? Like, yeah, but like they got like very flawed center. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of was like, oh, man, we got center. these talented point guards. We got, we got to figure out how to, a, a way to make them work. And then you got, well, Vucevic doesn't play defense. You got Biombo, who doesn't have hands. Uh, you got <laughs> Joel Anthony uh, North. Oh, I guess Joel Anthony's from the North. And then you got Serge Ibaka, who's not playing defense anymore and wants to be a three-point shooter. <laughs> and... I mean, you guys can laugh at Tristan Thompson's contract, but Bismack Biombo's out there getting like three million a year more, <laughs> so it's all good for me. All right, so I know we've gone for a long time, and I guess I want to end the show by asking Justin: Do you know the story on how he became a sports fan? Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain—maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over forty, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. Ninety-one percent of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.